It's Monday, May the 4th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, good news from Spain and more bad news for airlines. First, the world in brief. Spain recorded its lowest one-day death toll from COVID-19 since the middle of March. There were 164 fatalities on Sunday, taking the total to 25,264. France and Italy also recorded their lowest fatality numbers in weeks, 135 and 174 respectively. All are now beginning to ease their lockdowns. On Saturday, adults in Spain were allowed to exercise outdoors for the first time in seven weeks. Michael Pompeo, America's Secretary of State, reiterated President Donald Trump's claims that the coronavirus may have originated in a laboratory in the Chinese city of Wuhan, where COVID-19 was first spotted. Mr. Pompeo said there was a significant amount of evidence for this, though he produced none. He also repeated claims that China had covered up the real story. North and South Korea exchanged gunfire in the demilitarized zone between the two countries. Shots from the north hit a guard post and the south retaliated. Both America and South Korea indicated that the first shots were probably accidental. The incident came just after the reappearance in public of North's leader, Kim Jong-un, after an unexplained three-week absence. Warren Buffett told Berkshire Hathaway's annual shareholders meeting held online that the conglomerate had sold its stakes in four American airlines. COVID-19, he said, had changed the industry in a major way. Berkshire reported a $49.7 billion first quarter net loss as the value of its shareholdings dropped. Its operating profit, Mr Buffett's preferred measure, rose by 5.7% year-on-year to $5.9 billion. Rolls-Royce is to cut up to 8,000 of its 52,000 jobs, the Financial Times reported. The British manufacturer of aircraft engineers has been hit hard by the collapse of air travel. In April, it suspended its dividend for the first time in 30 years. Israel's Supreme Court began two days of considering petitions against the formation of a new government, led by Benjamin Netanyahu. The Prime Minister faces a trial for bribery and other offences this month. In April, several weeks after Israel's third general election within a year, Mr Netanyahu and his main rival Benny Gantz agreed to form a coalition. And Boris Johnson described how he nearly died in hospital from COVID-19. Britain's Prime Minister said that it was 50-50 at one point whether he should be put on a ventilator. Contingency plans had been drawn up in the event of his death. He revealed that one of the names given to his newborn son is a tribute to two doctors who had saved him. And now, here's today's agenda. Fiulento. Italy cautiously opens up. More than 4 million Italians head back to work this morning for the first time in eight weeks, as one of Europe's strictest COVID-19 lockdowns eases. A broader range of industries may resume production. People can visit relatives, though not, in theory, most friends. Nor can they yet travel between regions without good reason. Complicating matters, regional governors have allowed different freedoms in some areas. Like other national leaders, the Prime Minister, Giuseppe Conte, is caught between scientific advisers urging caution and those, mostly on the right, impatient to revive the economy. The government's fate is at stake. Mr Conte's critics include Matteo Renzi, a former Prime Minister whose party could rob the governing coalition of its parliamentary majority. But even as some semblance of normal life resumes, epidemiologists will be waiting for any rise in infection rates in a country that has recorded more than 28,000 deaths, the highest figure after America. Funding the fight 
pledging to defeat COVID-19. World leaders will gather online today to raise funds for a cure for coronavirus. The Coronavirus Global Response International Pledging Conference is being jointly hosted by the European Commission and eight states, Britain, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Norway and Saudi Arabia. They hope to raise $8.3 billion in order to develop a vaccine against coronavirus and to develop new tests and treatments against the disease. Ursula von der Leyen, the European Commission's president, said at the weekend that the sum would be just the start. I think we will need more money over time, she told Deutsche Welle, a German broadcaster. Britain, which is one of the biggest donors to the Global Fund to find a vaccine, will then host a further Global Vaccine Summit on June 4th. Boris Johnson, the country's Prime Minister, described over the weekend how he himself nearly died of COVID-19 in hospital. Wipeout. Decision time for Norwegian Air's shareholders. When the low-cost carrier began long-haul flights in 2013, shareholders expected to get rich. But in their emergency meeting today, in which they were away converting the bulk of Norwegian Air's debts into shares, is sure to wipe them out either way. The dream of Bjorn Goss, Norwegian's founder, was to break the hold of three huge airline alliances on transatlantic routes. But over-aggressive expansion, which pushed fares down to unprofitable levels and a weak balance sheet that could not cope with the resulting losses, left the airline vulnerable. Then COVID-19 hit, grounding all but seven of its 168 aircraft. Norwegian plans to resume a reduced service next year, but will run out of money this month without a state bailout. Norway's government has offered it 3 billion Norwegian krone, $283 million, provided it cuts its debt pile. That leaves shareholders with their unappetizing choice, see their shares diluted to 5.2% of the total, or let the airline go bust. Carnivore's plight. America's meat supply under strain. Tyson Foods, America's biggest meat processing firm, reports quarterly results today. Investors are unlikely to find them palatable. Last week, John Tyson, its chairman, warned of a breaking food supply chain as COVID-19 has upended the industry. Slaughterhouses are crowded and labour-intensive, and so potentially prime breeding grounds for the virus. More than 20 have shut, while the rest have pared back, removing one-third of America's capacity for processing pork and one-seventh for beef. Fewer animals are being slaughtered because of the bottleneck. The number of pigs killed is down by 35% from this time last year. Livestock prices have plummeted. Tyson and other meat firms can charge supermarkets more, though higher margins will not offset the huge decline in volume. President Donald Trump recently designated slaughterhouses critical infrastructure to keep them humming. For consumers, the disruption means higher prices and fewer premium cuts. Savour those skinless, boneless chicken breasts where you can get them. Back to work. The Senate reconvenes. Two-thirds of America's senators are older than 60 and Washington remains under stay-at-home orders. Nonetheless, the Senate returns to work today. The similarly aged House extended its recess. In a rare show of bipartisanship, Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, and Nancy Pelosi, the House's Speaker, declined the Trump administration's offer of extra testing, made after the Capitol's doctor admitted he cannot test all 100 senators, and that any results would take two days to read. But partisanship will intrude quickly. One of the Senate's first tasks will be confirming Justin Walker, a 38-year-old former clerk for Justice Brett Kavanaugh, to America's most important upper late court, despite the American Bar Association's rating him not qualified because of his scant trial experience. Also on the agenda is a confirmation hearing for John Ratcliffe, a Trump loyalist with no intelligence experience, to be Director of National Intelligence. 
Congress is also to begin working on the next coronavirus relief bill. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Barbara Castle, who died yesterday in 2002. In politics, guts is all. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.